time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. All right, welcome back. I'm Cody Waite. Hi there, I'm Kathy Waite. And we're your hosts of the Weight Endurance Podcast, fueled by thefeed.com. Thefeed.com is our online endurance sports nutrition superstore. They've got everything you could dream of in terms of endurance fuel, bars, drinks, gels, recovery products. And more. Yeah, all kinds of cool stuff. The latest thing I saw um, are some, I think they're called recovery sandals. <laughs> so they're like a slide that supposedly... You love slippers and comfy like flip-flops. Yeah, yeah. supposedly very comfortable and for relaxing after your workout. I Let's don't know. get them. We'll have to give those a go, I guess. But um, you can use the link in the show notes um, and sign up an account with the feed, mm-hmm. our podcast listeners, and receive a $20 credit. They'll drop it right into your account and you can use that 20 bucks to order whatever you want um, just to start trying some stuff. So they have some super cool products in there, um, things you've probably never heard of, and then all of your favorites as well mixed in there. So that's terrific. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we're happy to be working with them this year. Um, this episode's featured product from thefeed.com is called Kyoku. It's a breakfast shake. We've been, try- we've been using it for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I've been having it almost every day. I've kind of gotten sort of addicted to it. Oh, really? Yeah, I really enjoy it. That's awesome. Yeah, so Kyoku is, um, well, it sounds Japanese. I actually don't know the background on it, but they call it on the website here the breakfast shake for Strava KOMs. Or okay. That's fun. To crush your workout. So yeah. it's kind of a, it's a super nutritious Super convenient, high quality, high quality powder in a individual pouch. Mix it with water, whatever milk you like. Um, you can add stuff to it, bananas, nuts, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and dress it up how you want. And you get some really good calories. I think the packet itself is like two hundred and eighty calories, mm-hmm. twenty grams of protein, some good fats and fibers, and all those like super nutrient kind of things. Right, stuff you can't pronounce or or like. It would be so difficult to obtain yourself. That's what I love about these little packets. Yeah, that's it's a good like, point. Yeah, ashwagandha and things like that. Like, where do you get it? So, right. like, just order the shake pouch and there you go. Yeah, it's all in there. Um, and, I mean, what do you think of, of it? Okay, the first time... Okay, I'm a big fan of meal replacement packets because I just love the idea of, like, this rich nutritional shake that I'm going to consume. Yeah. The first time I had it, I wasn't sure if I liked the flavor because it's more of like a spicy ginger. It is different. But it has grown on me. Mm-hmm. Like I think you and Sophia loved it right away, and it just took me like two or three times to say, yeah, I do like it. The flavor palette was just a little bit different than I had expected. Mm-hmm. It's not your traditional like chocolate or vanilla. Right. It's definitely not a, a – tra- yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it has like turmeric in it. I think it does have black pepper in it. Mm-hmm. It has – I think it does have ginger, I think. Why not spicy? It seems like it does. Yeah, along with all these other items. But um, yeah, I find it very good because it is different. Mm-hmm. And the, the way I've been sort of settling into using it myself is I put a few ice cubes in, in the blender. Um, 
banana, the kyoku packet, uh, a small handful of walnuts, and then like a teaspoon of like a good local honey that we have um, blended up. Perfect. And it's really, yeah, I love it. Um, I can't really say enough. But yeah, you can order it like, they come in like 12-pack canisters. You can order it like just one 12-pack at a time, but you can also like sign up for like a monthly subscription too, like delivering it. Perfect. So super convenient. Um, So anyone that leads a busy life, like many of you out there I'm sure do, um, I think it is something that you could keep in the desk drawer at work or... The pantry at home. Yeah, like you need to whip it up quick to go. You can put it in a shaker bottle super simply and mix it up Mm -hmm. or blend it like like I was doing or we were doing with the the nuts and fruits kind of add-ons. So... Um, cool product. Check it out from thefeed.com and we'll put a 10% discount code in the show notes as well for specifically for the Kyoku product. So you can use your 20 bucks, also get 10% off Kyoku, um, clicking the, or using the discount code that I'll put in the show notes. Cool. I also wanted, wanted to give a little shout out to thefeed.com mm-hmm. because they had a huge pres- presence last week at the Sea Otter weekend of racing Mm -hmm. and i saw lots of fun like instagram photos and videos they they really did up their tent area they had a whole water bottle like oh like a big container that people could come and take stuff and they're such friendly people so i was hearing from some of our kids on the team that who were racing at Sea Otter, they were going by the tent and saying hi to everybody. And, and thanking just, them for their Yeah, thinking, thanking them for the support. Yeah. And it was, I was really happy to see their big presence at a really well-known race that, you know, draws a lot of attention. Yeah. And I, I mean, wish them the best because they're amazing. Yeah, it is a great company. Um, and yeah, they're really pushing hard this year. To, mm-hmm. They have like their high-performance team athletes that are um, racing all kinds of races, including Sea Otter and... Um, yeah, really cool company. I yeah, love them. Very good. All right, cool. So um, we are on episode seventy-seven. Yes, we're gonna. The main topic will be race prep phase, reverse periodization. So we'll get into all that fancy stuff in a minute. But we always like to start with what have we been up to? Yeah. What? Um, what well, about you, bud? Well, one quick little update. Um, anyone, any of our podcast listeners that ordered a kit mm, uh, mm-hmm. many weeks ago now. Uh, those should be arriving on your doorstep via UPS this week. Um, I got the our tracking info, um, and it's coming, I think, tomorrow. So if you did order, thank you for that. Look for it coming this week. Um, I think when once everything settled down, we netted a little over 1000 bucks going into the Wii Development account. So um, all every dollar we can get through fundraising promotions like this or donations, things like that, go to our weed development program. Right. And um, it helps a ton to put up the, the big, you know, get the pit spaces at the events and make sure the kids have all the nutrition and all the stuff that they need to mm-hmm. race their best. And it's right basically. around the corner. I mean, we're very excited about that. Probably yeah. jumping ahead a little bit, but we're heading to Arkansas this weekend for the first big race week yeah. of the series. Yeah, so next week kicks off the U.S., um, what they call the Pro XET series of events mm-hmm. um and the first one's in arkansas in the fayetteville area of arkansas um there'll be well there's like four days of racing in total next week depending on categories and ages and all that sort of thing and yeah we'll be there the whole week and be a we're in for a super busy <laughs> I know. exhausting week i know but, it's like we need to get all of our sleep this week and be ready yeah absolutely um 
so going back a week, um, well, going back two weeks, we both got our sort of winter base building CTL fitness to our high points mm-hmm. um, for that base season. So congrats to both of us on that. Yes. Yes. Like throw some <laughs> confetti, pop the balloons. Right, right. But it was a little tough for me. Like I, I kind of came down with a little cold on um, the last week. of It was supposed to be like a really big week. And I just did a little too much. You know, it's hard to balance it. As right. we were cautioning all of our In the last listeners, episode, yeah. our base builder athletes, our junior team, we're like, be careful, be careful. And then we both came down with like, thankfully, just a mild cold. Yeah. And some allergies. But it kind of took me out of my last big week like you got to do. And I just sort of had to trim it down a little bit. Yeah, I got to finish up one last final three-day block of riding that was super fun with um, two athletes we coach. And um, we did three days of riding. You were our our support vehicle, which was fun, like three point-to-point Yeah, you should explain a little bit what we did. That was really fun. Yeah, so we're down in in the Phoenix area. Um, And so we rode basically from Phoenix to Prescott, Arizona. It was a little over 100 miles, I think. Kind of the back way, um, fair bit of climbing and um, kind of an adventure. And then you met us um, there in Mm -hmm. Prescott and we stayed in the hotel and then, you know, ate dinner, went to bed, got up the next morning. And then we rode from Prescott over to Payson, um, which was like 115-ish miles. Yeah, that was a doozy. Yeah, a lot of climbing, um, some... Yeah, some super scenic kind of riding. Um, that that was a, definitely a, a tough one. And we stayed the night in Payson, and then we completed the the triangle, so to speak, going from Payson back to Phoenix, which was again about a hundred miles or so. And um, so, yeah, the three of us that that rode, Sophia, mm-hmm. Jack, and myself, um, we were we were definitely tired at the end, but it was really fun just to yeah. kind of ride all day and. Um, get those final miles and get our CTLs up to that peak level. And, um, and then I was definitely tired. I had planned to, that was a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I planned to recover a day and then, um, get a couple more rides into the weekend, but I was pretty tired and pulled the plug after that. As the kids would say, you were a crispy critter. I was a crispy critter after that. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah. And then I ended up coming down, I think, it was a combination of allergies and maybe a cold. Or It was definitely a little bit of a cold because I had it and gave it to you. Yeah. So like we kind of warned everyone in the last episode, <laughs> 76, that when we start getting our fitness to high levels, you sort of open that door possibility of getting, right. getting sick or um, injured. Thankfully, it wasn't an injury. But, um, so I think for both of us, well, you ended up um, – making a trip home to Denver to see our two other kids Mm -hmm. there. And so you just sort of decided that's going to be my transition week, meaning like taking that five days off or so. And yeah, there's no, there was no way to take a bike. It would, it would have been too chaotic because I was driving a car home and then I flew back to Phoenix. So I just took it as an opportunity to recover, get over my little cold. And when I got home, I, you know, took a couple walks with friends. I played pickleball one day. I lifted weights with some friends. I did yoga with the the girls, our daughters. And it was just like a nice week. Yeah. Got kind of refreshed coming Mm -hmm. back. And I'll tell you what, though, yesterday when I rode my bike for the first time in a week, I felt so awkward. (laughs) So, so awkward. I remember I said, I think you lowered my seat. What did you do? Everything feels weird. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't. You just <laughs> haven't been on your bike in a week. Yeah. It is funny how that, that happens. Um, and then as I was coming down, not feeling very well, 
I just decided to pull the plug as well and just take a break. That way mm-hmm. we're sort of aligned in, in, right. on the schedule. Um, and I, I figured, I, I mean, I'd gotten my CTL to about 85, 90% of what I'm going to plan to get it to before Leadville, mm-hmm. you know, for my summer <clears throat> A race. So I figured that was enough and yeah. it wasn't worth continuing to try to push it while not feeling particularly great. I had watery eyes and <laughs> sneezing and yeah, just like energy was gone. So took that break back. Um, and now you feel good off. again. Yeah. I, we wrote today. I felt really good for the first time in over a week. Right. Right. I think that's like the lesson again. Like nobody wants to take time off the bike, a cold or allergies. And sadly, sometimes an injury will take people off the bike and force them to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were quote forced to take a break for about a week. Nothing terrible happened. I mean, if I fixate on my CTL score that it dropped 10 points, yeah, that would be a problem, but I'm not going to fixate on it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And today I felt amazing on the bike and just keep plodding ahead and I'm excited to train again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that five day break, that transition, which we talked about in the last episode, we were planning to take it anyway. It was just going to be this week. Right. So we just ended up doing it a week earlier. Yeah, it was fine. And it made sense. And it'll it'll definitely work out. So, But yeah, yeah, we're back at it. And this week is the end of our season, our 17th year, season 17 of our Base Builder program, which has been online the last couple of years mm-hmm. exclusively. We used to do it um, hosted in our studio in Denver. We did that for like six or six years or something. Um, and then prior to that, I'd done it for many years all around Denver at different bike shops and fitness centers and things like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, season 17 is, has wrapped this week. Um, I really enjoyed it. We yeah. had a great group of adults who brought new energy and fun questions and eagerness to learn into the program. Yeah, we had a really big group. Our biggest online group to date, I think, we had like 51 or two mm-hmm. riders total um, in the group. And yeah, I agree. It was good conversations, both on the Zoom calls and in the Slack channels. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people made some good fitness gains. And they're, most of them now are transitioning um, into their race prep portion there. And with that group, about more than half of them will continue into our race prep program that um, we'll mention here at the in this episode as well. But yeah, so if that if getting into a good base building program sounds interesting to you, definitely you know stay tuned. We'll have more information on season 18, our 18th year of doing mm-hmm. that um, later on this summer, um, and that typically starts up right around the new year. So right. And if people are wondering how to jump on board with us now, do you want to just do a little plug on our race prep program? Yeah, so our race prep program is going to pick up where the base builder leaves off, essentially, and then now build specifically towards the individual riders' events. Mm -hmm. Um, Where our base builder program is very, because no one's really racing, or at least not racing anything of great importance, so we can all sort of train a very similar progression, and it makes like the weekly Zoom calls super easy, because we're talking specifically about like, here's what the intervals are like that we're doing and here's you know what we should be how we should be progressing where the race prep program becomes a lot more individualized um the overall progressions towards an a race a summer like peak Mm -hmm. is the same for everybody um but getting from now to there here 
here to there, yeah, here to there. <laughs> um, and everywhere. Is individualized because everyone has different races they're doing in between now and their big A race and, you know, family vacations and all those sorts of things to work around. Yeah, so. you've been hunkering down over your computer screen. Um, customizing customizing all the everybody's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's turning out to be a, a really good um, format, so... Um, well, I think that thing is huge, like that you are optimizing and customizing everyone's plan. Like people can download our training plans, other people's mm-hmm. training plans on different formats, but this is a customized program. Right. And a supported, a virtually supported community. Right, right. So we'll keep the, the Zoom calls going every other week um, for most of the summer instead of weekly. And there'll be more like big picture topics and um, just tips and insights and discussions on the general training overview of, you know, as we progress through the, the spring into summer. So, um, yeah, so that leaves us with what's next, basically. What's next? <laughs> um, after Base Builder, which we hit heavily on um, last episode, 76, it's all about building to that high level of CTL. We talked about maybe you're going to race some in the spring. Um, maybe you're going to take a transition period like we did. Um, and like many of our base builder athletes are that don't have any big spring, like early spring races and then moving on to, to race prep. What is race prep? What is it? (laughs) I'm reading the page. What is race prep? Okay. Um, well, I mean, in a nutshell, race prep training where base builder training is very general, Mm -hmm. um, meaning, For example, in our base builder program, we had athletes that were racing road bikes, racing gravel, racing cross-country mountain bike, racing endurance mountain bike, racing, you know, the Breck Epic, you know, multi-day stage race, uh, 24-hour races, uh, anything and everything, basically. Or planning to race. Planning to, yeah. yeah. So, So it's a general preparation, building one's base. When you get into the race prep time of the year, things become much more specific, not only to the individual, but like the event that the individual's training for. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like the takeaway. So, you know, things like base builder, many people do it on the trainer because limited daylight hours, weather, whatever the case may be. So in race prep, spring, summer, you're going to take it outside more, right? Because unless you're a Zwifter, your race is going to be outside. Exactly. Um, you, the train, the event that, or sorry, the terrain that you're going to, train on right um, right. you know that's a race on getting tongue-tied here <laughs> the 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 terrain that your event is on meaning becomes is it more, flat is yeah, it rolling becomes is it climbing? more important right that's what you want to be training on well because during the winter time especially in most of these climates people are stuck to the road so the roads are going to the type of roads around your city or town are going to determine what you have as an option for you. For sure. But now that it's lovely outside and oh, spring is so wonderful, isn't it? You know, the birds are chirping, the sun is shining longer. Now people can be more specific and choose terrain that's going to be more event specific. Right, right. Because, you know, if you're racing on the road, you ride on the road. But if you're racing on the gravel, yeah. you know, you need to get on the gravel. Exactly. Right? You need to get off the train or get on the gravel. I mean, it's, it's all very obvious stuff. But right. that's kind of one of the big differences of... Um, race prep versus base builder. Um, also training on the bike that you're going to ride. So a lot of mountain bikers will ride a lot of road biking, road bikes, or on the trainer um, on the road bike 
in the winter, but yeah. as we get into race prep, you want to start spending more time on your mountain bike. Um, well, that's such like an that. important point too. And we discussed this with our junior team last night. You know, some of them are still in inclement weather, mm-hmm. but we have Arkansas right around the corner. So you were telling them on the call, like, Hey, when you're doing these race prep workouts, beyond even if you're on the road because the trails are wet it rained last night and you got sabotaged for your your Mm -hmm. trail ride today still get on your mountain bike because you need to feel what the race efforts feel like on your mountain bike right and go on the road and do these intervals yeah if not on the trail or dirt but but i was saying even if the weather is bad and you can't go on the trail still be on your mountain bike because you're getting ready to race your mountain bike Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so Spending more and more time on your bike, on the terrain um, that you're going to be racing on. And then lastly, also, it becomes the time to at least begin to start practicing like the fueling strategies that you're going to use on race day as well. And this is super critical for long distance stuff like gravel racing, marathon mountain bike racing, stuff like that. Um, You got to start using the products you're going to be using, um, using them in the mounts you're going to be using, maybe not right at the beginning, but you know, building up to it, working towards that mm-hmm. um, as you go. And we'll, we'll definitely have an episode coming up here soon about more specifically. Yeah, about for sure. That'd be great because you were so good about that last spring and summer. Yeah, I contribute a big piece of my successful day at Leadville last year to that putting extra emphasis on that specific fueling, like spending the money to get the gels and the drinks that I was mm-hmm. planning to use and using them for many weeks on my long rides right. going into Leadville. Where normally, like a long ride, some of the pleasure, for me at least, of a long ride is like stopping at the gas station and kind of <laughs> eating the junk food, right? It's kind of fun. Um, grabbing the Hostess Twinkies or donuts oh, yes. or whatever and the Coke and, you know, stuff that kind of the trashy food that actually can fuel you on a long ride. But you're not going to eat that stuff in your event. Um, so, you know, getting more specific with exactly what you're going to consume, like on the timing intervals that you're going to con- plan to consume it on. Mm-hmm. to fuel those longer rides and that race prep um, build. So that's another big piece of it too. Yeah, and let's delve deeper into that in a future episode. Yeah, for sure we will. Um, and then it comes down to the progressions. Um, so we're, we're super big into progressions here, whether it be the strength training progressions we, we've created or you've created, um, the base builder progression, and, and now the race prep progression of training. Um, and re- so basically the way we do it is when with the base builder program, we like to start on the low intensity side and we work over many weeks upwards through the different energy systems, the different intensities that are associated with those energy systems and kind of gradually move through those and building up to higher intensity by the end. Um, you know, we just finished up base builder. The last bit of it was like those peak power sprint intervals um, and really just touching on that max power. Mm-hmm. So now that we've done this in Base Builder, what we do with the race prep program and what I found works really, really well, especially for endurance-oriented events, is essentially flipping that around and beginning with the high intensity and then working back out, depending on how many weeks you have into your event, and gradually lowering the intensity and that those high, you know, going from the high intensity energy systems down to the gradually lower intensity energy systems as you go because it's the you want to end with the most race specific interval work exactly before your event right it so all comes down a, to that spe- yeah. specialization or specificness 
Right. That's of the training. And so you would program someone training for Leadville. They're, they're, a Leadville race prepper would be different than like a cross-country race prep program. Yeah. So if you're looking at, say, a two-hour, sub-two-hour event, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing cross-country mountain biking, crits, um, you know, just short local races or whatever, um, that race prep progression can be relatively short because if you've built the base the way we build our base, you're ending base extremely fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you just have to kind of tweak things a little bit, get a little more race event specific, and you're ready to go. Races under two hours, you rely heavily on the higher intensity energy systems, right? The anaerobic power, the VO2 max, maybe some um, anaerobic threshold. So you don't have to go too far down the the chain link right. model. As to be race ready. To be race ready, right. exactly. So you can be, quote unquote, you know, in top shape or peaking in a matter of four to six weeks maybe after base builder. Whereas if you're doing a very long distance gravel mm-hmm. race, mountain bike race, whatever the case may be, you need more time because you're going to move through all those energy systems, those chain links, and it takes longer to progress through them. You also need to or want to build up that long endurance ride and you want to do that progressively as well. And you just can't rush that. You can't rush that. That just takes time. Exactly. Um, so what works such so well, one of the key things of this kind of concept is that you're starting with high intensity and you might start with sort of a moderate duration long ride on the weekends, mm-hmm. let's say. Kind of where you left off your winter base builder. Then as the intensities gradually go down, the intervals themselves become longer. So you end up doing more work at higher power output. So you, that helps increase your fitness. But then as the intensity gradually lowers, you can gradually extend the the volume or the duration of your long ride. Because anyone who's been training knows it's pretty common knowledge that it's very difficult, if not effective at all, to try to increase one's intensity and volume at the same time. Mm-hmm. Typically, you do one or the other because it's sort of like a, a balance scale of you're trading. You always are trading endurance for high power and then vice versa when you train for endurance you're losing some high power so by starting at high intensity working down kind of lowering the intensity you can up the endurance and then up the volume up the volume yeah the Mm -hmm. endurance rides can get longer and longer and then you're getting your longest rides and your most race-like intensities kind of that middle to lower intensity as you get closer to that longer endurance event that's going to be more in that middle to mid-low intensity but very long you know six seven eight hours whatever the case may be um and so it works really well it really balances well the body seem you know just absorbs the training really well in that sense and you've done your most your most race specific work you know a few weeks prior to actually racing so Mm -hmm. those systems are peaked and primed and um, your body's very familiar with it. And, you know, after a little bit of a taper, you're ready to go. Right. Perfect. So um, can you tell me a little bit more about how this would look different, the race prep work would look different in the spring and summer than the base builder did over the winter? Is it just that you're outside? Well, that's a big piece of it. But not only are you outside, but you're also in greater shape, Have mm-hmm. assuming you've built a base of some sort, whether it was our base builder program or just some good – classic base training or whatever when you start your race prep 
portion of your program. You could, you know, if you have kind of gotten behind the behind the eight ball and delayed your training for whatever reason and you're like just kind of getting going, you can. It is doable to sort of jump into our race prep progression, especially if you're doing a longer distance race and we have, you know, you have 17, 18 weeks to go and you can build up. Mm-hmm. If your race is like six weeks from now, you've made that ship maybe has sailed and you're, you're just not going to have the best race that you could have. Um, but have if you've done the base training, you should be already in pretty darn good shape, you know, much better shape than you were beginning your base training or our base builder program. So if you're in better shape, you're doing the same sorts of intervals that we do in our base builder, but maybe you're, you're more than likely doing them one at higher power outputs because you're fitter at this point and that feels really good and that does feel really good and you're outside because a lot of times you can do a little bit better power outside as well yeah and we were talking about this before we hit the record that when you take workouts outside when you've been inside all winter they almost feel like brand new workouts they do yeah you have to figure out like which road you're going to go to to do the two minute ones or the four minute ones, and mm-hmm. maybe the first time it wasn't the right road, you pick another one, and you just sort of like have to like dial it in again. Yeah. And to me, it's like putting on like a new dress you haven't worn or a new outfit you haven't mm-hmm. worn in a year. Like, oh, I, I forgot, I actually really like this workout outdoors, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is fun. Right. No, that's a good point. Yeah, because the trainer, as effective as it is, highly, highly effective. I'm a big fan. It's tough. It's tough, but it's also somewhat mindless in the sense that you just plug and play, right? Like get on and, you know, especially with the smart trainers today, plug in and it's set and away you go and just keep pedaling. Where taking them outside, you got to kind of, just like you said, think about it a bit more. Like where are the intervals going to be performed best, Mm -hmm. you know, in your area where you live on what hill or stretch of road or whatever. Um, and kind of figuring that out. And let me go back to that word you just said, like mindless. So the opposite is like being mindful. And when you're outdoors and you are not in erg mode on your smart trainer, you have to be really engaged, Mm -hmm. which I think is a more effective way to do the workouts. Like you are like, Oh wow, this is painful. I could slow my pedal stroke down and Mm -hmm. relieve the pain. I'm no longer in erg mode, but I'm going to choose to like be introspective and like focused and I'm going to like push through this and do it. And I think you end up feeling really proud of yourself afterwards too. Like I was in control and I still, it was painful and I still did the work. Right. Right. It takes more like inner focus Mm -hmm. and yeah, mindfulness basically to execute the intervals, pace them correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's all those um, benefits as well. I would say too, like if you're going to get to do the workouts on the trail, like a trail system or or your favorite, you know, park, then they do feel different on trail versus the road. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it d- kind of adds a new dynamic to it. Like yep. maybe you won't have like these perfect power numbers because there'll be fluctuations on the trail, but it is um, enjoyable and fun and in, in a sense more race specific to, to mm-hmm. sometimes do them on a, a trail. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And with that more fitness that you now have too, you know, you can not only are you doing maybe more power, but you could do possibly more intervals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the intervals could be longer you know there's a lot of way different ways to manipulate the workouts to squeeze that extra um fitness building as you go into that race prep um phase of the year yeah <laughs> well you can see i'm excited that it's spring too and like we're hearing from all the kids now like how excited they are they get to go outside and they were so sick of the trainer yeah and i'm thrilled for them and everybody else who gets to go be outdoors yeah absolutely so yeah so this this we'll call it periodization of 
going from the high intensity outwards to the lower intensities, lower and longer intensities, mm-hmm. um, could be considered like reverse periodization. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's an accurate term or not. Um, I mean, classic periodization, you know, we'll say like Joe Friel, the godfather of, you know, the training Bible and, and whatnot that set this out way back when I was a teenager. And I remember reading the book front to back many times and, um, you know, really brought home that first concept of, you know, allowing someone, the reader who purchased his book to create their whole training program using his methods of, you know, you, you build your base first, it's usually lower intensity, longer miles, you know, the bigger volume, and then you reduce the, the volume to allow the high intensity um, to grow as you get closer to your race event. That's the build phase in his terminology. And and then you do a little peak and, and race. And that's highly, highly effective. And then in more recent years, it's been around for plenty of time. Um, I think long distance triathletes have kind of utilized this strategy of flipping it around and doing the high intensity first and then working through to longer durations as you get closer to your event. Because an Ironman, for example, is many hours. I mean, eight hours, eight, nine hours if you're really good, but you know, mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12, 13 and hours and beyond for the rest. Um, and they, they, the triathletes kind of figured out that like that works a lot better to prepare you for these long distance events. And I think that that is very true for the cycling world too, especially um, these more steady state I mean, triathlon-like in terms of, like, energy distribution um, efforts, like a gravel race Mm -hmm. or, like, a Leadville, you know, endurance mountain bike race where it's, you know, you're racing not so much the competitors but yourself and maybe the course. Um, And it's more of a steady-state type of effort overall. Um, And, you know, so this flipping it around, I think it got coined as reverse periodization a while back. And, you know... It's, I don't know if that's true or not. It's still, what is the right periodization? I don't know. So, um, Well, this is how we do it. Yeah. So, so, but it is reverse from our base builder okay. periodization. Um, so in that sense, it is reverse in our terminology. <laughs> not to get too confusing and in the weeds there, but um, just different philosophies, different ways to train um, and kind of get to that point of a, of a peak performance. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what race prep is. I mean, it boils down to specificity, really. You it go does, from yeah. general prep to specific prep. Right, right. Yeah, and the races are just right around the corner. So people need to start thinking, if they haven't already, like what do they want to do yeah. this spring, this summer? And the the buffet is endless. <laughs> the you know? buffet is endless. Yeah, your, your race prep program... And the Our group, race prep program. Okay, my bad. I am not racing Leadville, so I, I, I just should have said hour. But yeah, it's really geared more towards that, um, you know, long grind kind of um, race. But you, we have other training plans for people who might be looking at like a cross country style or or whatnot too. Right, and we'll I'll use that quote unquote reverse periodization, meaning high intensity to low intensity for all the durations. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be the shorter durations. We have stock plans for those as well on our website. But yeah, I'm really excited about the race prep program. It's starting actually next week, kind of kicking off. Um, It is the majority of the people in the program this year are training for Leadville, which I'm excited about because that's what I'm training for. 
And to be fair, you're doing the Leadville stage race. That is true. Um, which is awesome. And it's I love itself. that race. You've done it before, and yeah, you, yeah you're going to do it again. Yeah, my wheelhouse is more like a three or four hour race. I, mm-hmm. I'm still not on board yet with this like eight to twelve hour deal. So, right. Um, yeah, I'm very animal. excited about the stage race. The course is cool. The energy there is awesome. Yeah. Um, so most of our participants in the race prep program so far are doing. Leadville, but um, I know we have some Breck Epic racers. Mm-hmm. We have some Steamboat Gravel racers. I mean, the program is sort of designed around the endurance event mm-hmm. um, and kind of that summer, building that summer peak. So if any of you listeners out there don't have your program figured out, definitely consider joining it, um, joining our program, and we'll customize that plan to you like we spoke about earlier um, around whatever that event is that, that you are doing. And um and get you in really great shape with all the the methods that we use um, along the way. And then also as a side note, I was lucky enough to be um, a guest contributor to the Leadville 100 podcast. Yeah, that Um, was a huge honor. Yeah. It was very fun. We did the first episode of their fifth season um, a couple weeks back. If you haven't heard of the Leadville 100 podcast, they're they're great. The hosts, um, their names are Fatty and Hottie. (laughs) Um, it's hard to say that with a straight face. It is hard to say that, but they're, they're super cool guys. To combined, I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to get this right, but combined, I think they've done it f- maybe close to 40 times. Well, I think it might be more than that because didn't Eldon's, Eldon's done it 20, 23 or 24 times? I was thinking 24 yeah. times, yeah. Um, yeah, and then Hadi's done it a number of times as okay. well. So. They have a lot of experience. A lot I, of experience in the course. And I know they're I, like hashing over like all the details of the course, which is great for people who've never been up there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I listened to it the first couple of seasons and really enjoyed it because they went in like segment by segment of mm-hmm. the entire course. Um, and it was just a fun discussion to listen to as you're prepping for Leadville and building up. Um, yeah. But, that's a really unique focus for a podcast, like dissecting a course, like epic course like that. Yeah. Yeah. And now they've gotten, they've, Got more like guests and, you know, whether it be coaches or racers or uh, sports scientists, nutritionists, whatever, like contributing over the last mm-hmm. few seasons. Um, yeah, and I've, I've been lucky, lucky enough we've, to be a co um, or a, like a recurring feature, featured Yeah, like a featured coach. person there. Yeah, so give it a listen. I'll put the show notes um, to episode one of their season five in our show, but check it out. It's a, it is a good show. We talk about it. And they are offering their listeners a hundred bucks off of our race prep program. So, of course, I want to extend that to our listeners of our podcast. The same deal. Um, so, if you are interested in joining our program, check it out. I'll put a link in our show notes, and you just send me an email, and um, we'll get you a hundred bucks off the six hundred dollar um, registration. So, five hundred bucks, and it'll take you what, however many weeks it is to your event. Um, I know we're about 17 weeks-ish away from Leadville. Um, but if your event is a little before that or a little after that, we'll tweak it, the program, um, your plan for you for that event. So so figure 15 to 20 weeks worth of training for mm-hmm. 500 bucks. Um, well, and I will also add that that doesn't include um, a strength program. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Like Cody will customize your cycling training and your overall progression like throughout the weeks using training peaks. And you'll have access to the strength program I created, and it's geared towards someone working out at home, but of course you could do it in a gym. And it's through another app called Train Heroic, which I think is like a cousin company to Training Peaks, and it's a very easy to use 
system that has videos and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think we're pretty proud of that because we do believe strength strength training is a, an integral part of being a strong cyclist. Yeah, 100%. I think it's super key, super critical. Um, in fact, over the years, the last several years as I've gotten older, I've been giving up riding days and riding volume in favor of strength training days mm-hmm. in season, you know, like basically riding less so I can do the strength training because it's that critical. And it has not slowed you down. It has not slowed Mr. me down. Mr. 646 at Leadville. <laughs> it has not slowed me down. And my back pain is non-existent. And yeah, so knock on wood, the my body's still going solidly. <laughs> so um, so right. yeah, good good stuff. Check it out. Um, and then last, do you want to wrap? Yeah, well, lastly, it's like an endless sales pitch here, but I do have the version 4.0 race prep plan. So okay. this is our stock plan that piggybacks off of our version 4.0 base builder plan. That is live on Training Peaks in the Training Peaks plan store and available. Um, so any listeners out there not interested in a group program, just want like a downloadable plan that they just Boom. follow themselves, um, that, that's there. Um, great. You know, it's very affordable. Um, in fact, we'll even offer a 25%, dis- 25% off discount mm-hmm. um, for our podcast listeners using the code RACEPREP25 in all caps. And I'll put the link and the code in the show notes um, so you can find it there. Um, and save some some cash on that too. So it brings it down to a really affordable price. Awesome. Um, and yeah, super solid plan. Very, it's the exact same progressions that we'll do in our race prep program. It's just kind of one size fits all in terms of it's seventeen weeks. Boom, boom. For our race prep plan, I'll build it around your life schedule, race mm-hmm. schedule. You know, it's customized for the rider. So that's that's the one of the big differences there, but. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, I know that you, Cody, do not like love feeling like you're giving a sales pitch on this podcast. But the truth (laughs) is, this is our business. This is what we do. It's that time of the year to yeah plans all organized. We believe in our methodology and our training philosophies and like the progressions that we've developed over the years, and we want to share them with everybody. So I don't think we need to apologize for that. Good point. We have. You know, the proof is in the pudding. We both raced well over the years. You with your 646 at Leadville last year was huge. I've done well with in my races. Our junior development team is rushing it already. And we are so excited about going to Arkansas next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we should put a, we'll put a link on the Weight Endurance Instagram for people to tr- watch those races on flow bikes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's going to be exciting. And we'll be posting stuff about the races and featuring kids. It'll be really fun. Um, so yeah, I don't think any apologies are needed. We're very excited about what we do and we would love to have our listeners be a part of it. So either download a, buy and download a race prep plan or send Cody an email and get joined into our program that starts next week. And if nothing else, like follow us on social media and, you know, root for the team that the kids would love your support. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So very good. Well, thanks for bearing with the, the sales pitch but um, <laughs> and listening. And if you do enjoy what you've been listening to, please share it with any of your cycling friends, training partners, etc. And um, and we always love and kind of need some rankings and reviews um, on Apple Podcasts and mm-hmm. Google Podcasts. So if you use either one of those platforms, please uh, give us a five-star rating. If you don't think we deserve that, let us know what we can do better to deserve that. Um, and then some positive words in the comments would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, that'd be great, too. guys. 
So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. We are headed to Arkansas, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks with hopefully some fun stuff to share about the, yeah, the race Yeah, some good week. race reports. There, so. All right, everybody take care. We'll talk to you soon. Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the Weight Endurance Training Community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist.